Peacock's Preternatural Archives. Introduction. State of things to come. You may not care about the world beyond your windows, but I'm not going to take it anymore. Time travel is real. Extraterrestrials exist. Shut up here! Stop talking! Will you just serve me? Tucker, will you serve the customers, please? Bringing in his laptop again. White baseball cap. He'd swear he was gay, but he never lets on. <laughs> Tucker? I don't get as much time as I used to for messing around on the internet until all hours of the morning, as I've got a full-time job. But when I do, I log on to AboveTopSecret.com. I have felt compelled to find out for myself answers about visitations to Earth by unidentified flying objects. I've been waiting for ten minutes! For fuck's sake! Peh! My name is Tucker Peacock, and this is my name badge. I work full-time for Fartronics Computer Store, and in my spare time, I'm a flying saucer seeker. Peh! I don't care what you are! I just want two boxes of fucking wing nuts, you age! Busher. You're useless, Tucker! Listen. As you know, we've got a bit of a recession going on at the moment. But I'm working, so fuck it. I went out and bought myself a Merc. God bless the days when I only had my two feet to carry me down to the Dole office during the height of the boom years. This car is an absolute dream. Finally, after all these years, I can cruise up and down the main street with the windows down and the sound system booming. I can see the young ones visibly wetting themselves as I drove past in my big, long, shiny, rounded silver Merc. Soon, I managed to get a suitably shallow bitch. Tracy is her name, and she makes a nice accessory to sit in the passenger seat. Tucker, please, stop talking about yourself. Mind your business. It's not doing any harm. I've got a customer here. For fuck's sake. I discovered that Boyle in Roscommon was currently a UFO hotspot. I got onto the UFO Ireland website and got the address of a hillside in Boyle where witnesses had seen strange lights dancing around the hilltop after dark. Tracy was complaining she was getting bored hanging around my bedroom. I'm bored. Watching Jason Statham DVDs. I wanted to do something different. So what better than a spot of UFO haunting down in Roscommon? The ultimate close encounter could soon happen. Peacock's Preternatural Archives, blog entry one. Driven to the drink. So, I entered our destination in my sat-nav. Boyle, Roscommon, are you sure? And off we went. It was a long old drive. Take the next left off the main road. We were driving on a narrow country back roads. They were wonderfully scenic with fields of sheep and cows on either side. Tracy kept asking if we were there yet. Are we fucking there yet? Like some annoying six-year-old. Please take the next right, said the satnap. This time we ended up on a rough old country lane, which I wouldn't even describe as a road. Are we even going the right way? I said I didn't know as I was just following the satnav. Further up the lane, it became stony and covered with grass. Follow this road directly ahead, said the satnav. A small wooden fence blocked my path, but I drove the Merc straight through it. Tucker. The satnav can't be wrong. He talks to the satellites in space. This is not the right way. We'll follow it a little bit longer. Maybe we'll meet someone and ask for directions. I'm bored, said Tracy, and started stroking my ball sack. Next thing I know, she yanked down my tracksuit bottoms and was going down hard on me. The road ended with a bang. The car dropped suddenly, and Tracy bashed the back of her head off the steering wheel. 
The Merc was in the river. For a couple of seconds I felt like Jesus driving on water. It wasn't long before we were sinking like the Titanic. We had to get out. I rolled down the window and water started pissing in. I unbuckled my seatbelt, but I couldn't move to get out because Tracy was unconscious on my crotch. The water started to fill the car. I held my breath. It started to get darker and darker as we dropped into the murky depths of the river. My lungs were bursting and I could feel myself beginning to pass out. My life flashed before my eyes. Crystal Palace winning Division 2 in 94. Palace Armstrong's in there. Yeah. Oh, what a terrific goal by Chris Armstrong. PlayStation's 1-4. EA Sports. International Superstar Soccer 98. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Next thing I see lights appearing in the distance. Closer and closer until the windscreen becomes a glare. Then I lost consciousness. And I drifted off into the blackness. When I awoke, it was morning. I was lying by the riverside with no pants on. A load of teenagers on a school trip were taking pictures of me. Fuck off, you vultures! It's because of the likes of you we lost Diana! Tracy was laying a couple of feet away from me. I shook her. She apologised for falling asleep. Sorry. What the hell had happened? Well, if you ask me, I'm convinced I'm only alive here today because of extraterrestrial intervention. Whatever was visiting that hillside rescued me from the bottom of that lake. I'm sure of it. This has made me even more determined to find the truth. My struggle to find the truth continued over the next few months. Tracy was freaked out by what happened in Boyle and dumped me. This left me with more time and eventually some of my own personal work came to fruition. I believed I had discovered the lost city of Atlantis. You see, I discovered the ancient Irish count amongst their ancestors a race of tall white people called Tuatha de Danann, which means the children of Danu. Now legend has it that their homeland, called Tirnanog, sank below the sea. The big cheese of the Tuatha de Danann was a sea god called Mananan MacLear. He owns a golden spear called Cran Buida, which in English is yellow tree, which sounds like a branch tip or trident. Sounds like the king of Atlantis to me. And Tirnanog is Atlantis. The Irish locate the land of Tirnanog as being in the northern islands of the world, which in my calculations is off the west coast of Ireland. Peacocks, preternatural archives. Blog entry two, something fishy. It was time for me to visit the west coast of Ireland. So I hired a small boat and using my compass and map, I sailed towards the location. Hastily, I put on my diving gear and swam deep. Down I went, down into the inky blackness. see nothing. Maybe I was wrong. There was no Atlantis. But at least I tried. Suddenly, an object flashed past me. I got scared. Was it a shark? 
Only basking sharks would be in these waters, so I was safe enough. But then something struck me hard to the back of the skull. And I lost consciousness. When I awoke, I was surrounded by semi-naked men with tridents. It was like being on stage at a Kylie concert. None of these guys looked like Patrick Duffy though. At the top of the room was a man sat in a throne made from the shell of a pearl. It was King Poseidon of Atlantis. I don't believe it, I said. There is an Atlantis. Indeed, my son, there is. Replied Poseidon. Unfortunately, now you have found us, we cannot allow you to leave. We have lived, undetected by the land dwellers, for thousands and thousands of years, and we want to keep it that way. A few have accidentally stumbled upon us in the past, although I must say, you're the first one to have deliberately made his way down here. Do not worry, Atlantis can supply you with anything you desire. You can lead a comfortable life here. What is it you desire, son? I was speechless. They wanted to keep me here forever? Forever, ever? I was trapped. A woman. That is what you need. A woman! Atlas! Eumelus, take him to the house of Aphrodite. Two guards grabbed me under each arm and dragged me away in my still soggy wetsuit. It was a stunning kingdom, brightly lit and full of tall buildings decorated with gold, crystal and multicoloured rocks. We reached the house of Aphrodite and I was flung into a boudoir containing the most beautiful creature I had ever laid my eyes on. My name is Namorita, she told me gently. Tuka, my name is... I came seeking your kingdom, but now it appears I can't leave. Come here, she said, beckoning to the bed she was laying in. Tell me your story. I sat down on the bed beside her, almost hypnotised by her eyes. She started to unzip my wetsuit, slowly, down over the bulge of my stomach. Fuck this, I said to myself. If I'm going to get stuck in Atlantis, I might as well get my end away. I snapped the wetsuit off the end of my foot and tossed it to the corner of the room. I was starting to get a semi-nervous horn. I pulled back the bed covers to slip in beside her. But there was no Fanny! She was a fish from the waist down. I jumped back out of the bed. Jesus Christ, I said. It's all salmon and no canyon. I'm no fish fucker. I'm so sorry, Tucker. With a little imagination, we can still have fun. Sorry, love, but I ain't riding Nemo. We've got to get out of this place. I'm human. I've got a life on dry land. It's a nice place to visit, but I don't want to live here. You're absolutely right. It is cruel of them to expect you to stay here, said Namorita. I can see in your eyes you are a good man. I can show you the way out of here, but you must promise me to never tell anybody that we exist here. Your kind would only end up destroying this place. Ah, oh, if only she wasn't a fish. I agree, Namorita. It's enough that I know Atlantis exists. I promise it won't go on my website. Then pick me up and I'll show you the way out. And oh, you'll need these. Namorita tossed me over some tiny whiteies. I pulled them on, grabbed her hand and followed directions, which finally led to a giant lift. Atlantis sank beneath the ocean floor. Namoria explained. By a freak of nature, we are trapped inside a huge air pocket. This lift will take us to a crack overhead that leads back to the ocean. Suddenly, alarm horns had started blaring in the background. 
they knew I was making a burst for it. An Atlantean guard came rushing at me from the lift area. I kicked him in the balls and grabbed his trident. We ran into the lift and hit the button. As we rose slowly towards the crack, more Atlanteans were racing from the city. At the top, we entered a small cave which seemed to have a ceiling of water. The lift was going back down. You have a head start. It will take a while before the others can get the lift back up. But they are strong swimmers. You must take advantage of every second. Nay, Maria explained. You want me to go up there into the water? I was slightly perplexed. But I'll drown before I reach the surface. I have no oxygen. Then she grabbed me and kissed me. Oh, my legs went to jelly. She blew air into me, filling my lungs to bursting with beautiful oxygenated air. Go. Into the water I went, floating up and up. The faint sparkle of Atlantis coming from the crack, fading away slowly. I was swimming up for what seemed like an eternity when something grabbed my leg. It was an Atlantean. My blood went to ice. I stabbed him in the eye with the trident. He screamed bubbles and sank back into the darkness. Two more Atlanteans had eyed me up and thought better of it and swam away. I swam up and up with no signs of the surface. My lungs were burning. The oxygen my sweet name Rita had given me was nearly exhausted. I wasn't going to make it to the surface. The pain was terrible. I started to pass out. Then I started to see the lights again. Just like that time in the lake in Roscommon. Then, blackness. I awoke on a fishing boat. Ah, so you're alive, boy. The name is Smiler Donovan and this is my boat. We found you floating in your wee little trunks a half hour ago. Fancy a can of Bavaria to bring you around? Sorry, Smiler. According to my watch, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Ah, sure what of it. You're worse than my Polish friend here. Not able for the beer. Oh, said the Polish guy before he retched over the side of the boat. Look at the head in that lad. Smiler laughed and shook his head. Would you be interested in buying some fresh fish? He asked me. I was afraid it was going to be a long trip back to dry land. The cold sea breeze was giving me goosebumps as I stood in my tiny jocks looking out at the sea. I couldn't stop my mind thinking about Neymarita. Maybe I would return to Atlantis one day. I just needed a better plan. But little did I know my quest for answers to the great unexplained would take me not just to new and mysterious places, but through time itself. After my close encounter in the lake and discovery of Atlantis, I made a figurative splash this time. On the alternative scene, gaining quite a following on Twitter and my very own blog. I said I wouldn't, but, you know, fuck it. She's not here. She's under the fucking sea with other lads. She doesn't give a fuck about me. I'm up here pulling a nodger. The blog is now even rivaling Jim Core's website in popularity for people like me, hungry for information on conspiracies and Earth's ongoing visits from extraterrestrials. My newfound celebrity status has brought me into contact with some of the most interesting people. Peacock's Preternatural Archives, blog entry 3, Time Fiddler. 
About a month ago, I opened an email from a fan of the site. He had been reading my stuff for a while and wanted to meet me and show me something remarkable he had created. The emailer signed himself off as the Time Fiddler. Time Fiddler. That Friday, at 5 o'clock, as I unfastened my name badge, as if discarding my public identity as customer support technician of Fartronics Computer Store, and once again became Tucker Peacock, weekend saucer seeker, jumping into my new Audi, bought with the insurance money from the Merc which made a watery end, I headed to Hayton on Lay. Hayton on Lay. Ha! Of course, it all makes sense. The time fiddler comes from a town sitting on a ley line. These are places where people like us are drawn. Magnetically, we are pulled to these areas by their mysterious, powerful energy. It was late Friday night when I met the time fiddler. He was a tall, gangly man with big eyeballs crisscrossing each other as if following the flights of some invisible flies. Jesus, I was so inspired by your vlogging Tucker and I didn't feel like an oddball loner anymore. The fiddler told me. So I followed through with this crazy idea I had in my head. He continued. It sounded like an impossible idea, but you made it seem possible. He gestured me to a toilet bowl system and everything sitting in his living room. We've invented a time toilet. Well, I spend a lot of time on the toilet listening to 80s metal, but technically I'm not travelling back. No, inside the cistern is a device I named the Chronal Fidula. It uses matter and antimatter to create a tiny wormhole in which you can travel back through time. 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 How did you create the energy? Sure, I baked the particles to bits with a sledgehammer in the shed. How did you harness it in that yoke? He told me it was complicated and to sit down on the jacks. Fuck me! This was harder to swallow than the whole series of Lost! I know you're finding it difficult to grasp, Tucker. So I'm going to ask you to try it. For oh, fuck's sake, antimatter. You don't just walk into Asda and order that. I've got friends in the Ministry of Defence. Top secret stuff. Alien technology. But my brain figured out how to pull it all together. Was the time fiddler a genius? Only one way to find out. I pulled down me keks and sat on the toilet. You don't need to pull down your keks. Oh. I mumbled and slowly recurled them up around me hips. Here's a Nokia 6210. I've configured it to communicate through the wormhole to this other mobile. Don't lose it. It's your only way to contact me if things go wrong. Flush the toilet to start up the chronal fidula. It's not exact science. You could end up anywhere in time. The only certainty is by inverting the chronal fidula, you end up back here. It's like an elastic band that snaps you back out this side of the wormhole. My ring tingles with excitement as I prepare to flush the jacks. I pause for a moment. Then BAM! I pull the lever. The fear took hold of me as the bog vibrated. An electrical currents arced around me. Then they combined into one blinding light. And suddenly... I was sitting on the jacks in an empty woman's clothes shop. But the clothes were old-fashioned. We got up off the jacks and looked out the window. <laughs> Fuck me! It was America and it was old. There was Ford Model T's driving down the street. We needed to get out of the shop and have a look around. But I couldn't be seen 
or talk to anyone else, I might fuck up the time-space continuum. I had an idea. I could disguise myself in the woman's clothes and blend in. The clothes were stylish, but comfortable rather than sexy. I was way back judging from the fashion. Early 20th century at least. I pulled on a long skirt and boots. To cover my head, I grabbed a wig and a feathered top hat. Once I stuck my lippy on, I headed out on the street. Wow, all the old cars. I see a giant zebra down the street and walk towards it. I had to call the fiddler. The zebra was outside a cinema, but it was no ordinary cinema. Fiddler, you won't believe this. I'm walking towards Grauman's Chinese Theatre and guess what? There's a movie premiere on. Oh my God. It says now playing Charlie Chaplin in the circus. Said the fiddler down the crackly line. I know. I laughed down the phone. I walked to the end of the block and got scared. I didn't want to pollute the timeline. Back to the shop I headed. I whipped off the clothes. Rolled down me woolen stockings and sat on the jacks. I inverted the chronal fidula and flushed. Bam! I was back in the 21st century. Unbelievable. I told a few of the lads, but even they didn't believe me. Until some dude spotted me in the film footage of the Chaplin premiere and posted it on YouTube. People freaked out at first, but then got sceptical. I mean, time travelling is impossible, right? So, thankfully the damage I did was limited. I will be proper careful next time. But that next time would take quite a long time. As the fiddler told me he needed to recalibrate the fidula. I went home, going to me onesie, and watched a new episode of Ancient Aliens. When it suddenly dawned on me. I was a time traveller. I have a time machine. Why not drop in on some of my ancestors? Immediately, I whopped a credit card out and signed up to a website where I heard you can look back through old censuses and discover your family tree. Around 3am, I finally came across an interesting find. It was a man who dated back to the Roman invasion of England and went by the name of Tacus Pubicus. I wrote it all down. Kept a low profile and went back to work on Monday, awaiting the fiddler's call. Suddenly, the mobile rang. I threw off my name badge and took a sickie at 2pm and ran gaily to the time fiddler. Peacock's Preternatural Archives, blog entry 4. Roman holiday. Pushy Jesus Tucker. He had a surprise for me. I've been working on some upgrades to time toilet. I set the chronal fidula higher on the system, tore out the chassis from the granny's mobility scooter, and the flusher is now the accelerator and the brake. Down, forward, up, brake. Got it? I was speechless. This thing had wheels. Oh, and also I hooked her up with the speakers built into the bowl. You'll get some vibration off the beats now. Good old Armitage Shanks. These yokes can take proper hardship and they can go on forever. The fiddler explained. Also, fortuitously for you, we can set the coordinates to where we want to go in the past more accurately. It was so beautiful, it had to have a name. Fiddler scratched his head, but I knew immediately. It had to be the Shanks. And with that, we were on. The new additions enabled me to fix the Shanks coordinates to a point early in Tuckus Pubicus's life where he was involved in the slave uprising and based in the hills of Pompeii. With a blinding flash, 
the shanks came to a standstill in a large field full of goats. Two men stared angrily at me. Tentatively, I stepped out of the shanks. What madness is this? Thou hast landed on top of most loved friend, Turdicus. This wasn't supposed to happen. I had accidentally and unknowingly at that time squished my ancestor's loyal right hand. Aggressively, the two men thrust their swords at my throat. I shall remove his head from his pissant body. Pear! Showered and spat one ugly ball lad. Silence, said the other, who appeared to be the leader. I will break words with this one. This silver chariot, which arrives before us in fury and lightning, interests me. Perhaps as a tool of war, it could be put to good use in pursuit of our worthy cause. Speak, man-child. Could this horseless chariot smite down a legion of Romans? Now, now, I whimpered. This is just a humble means of transport. Cease flapping of tongue, or find it removed from mouth and sent to lick one's own arse. You must listen to me. I am so sorry, but this was just a tragic accident. I would never have intended to harm Turdicus. I have much respect for him, as I have heard tales of his brave exploits along with his companion, Tocus Pubicus. Tis I you speak of, for I am Tocus Pubicus. Once enslaved, now enemy of the Senate. How do you know of me? Your exploits are famous far and wide, even as far as Britannia, where I have travelled from in my silver chariot. Little did Tacus know, he was my ancestor from those times. Impressive and warrior-like he was. I always knew he was inside me. Your silver machine has struck Turdicus forever from this world. I fear, without him, I cannot continue. Horrified, I remember Turdicus was pivotal in helping the slave uprising battle the Romans at Vesuvius. Horror gripped me as I feared I had ruined a historical event. With that, Tuckus flew into a rage and I thought I was done for. He flew past me and wrenched the flush handle accelerator clean off and took it away with him. No! I shouted. You've broken the shanks! It won't work without a handle! It's useless now! The Romans must be but a day's march away, and I am without my general. If true, your machine is now useless. You are of no worth to me. We must take vengeance to honour failed comrade Turdicus. Flatulus, part this man from his cock! Please no, Tacus! Fuck the gods! Fuck the gods! I want to stand by your side in place of lost Turdicus and slit the throat of every last Roman! Tacus fixed me with a steely stare. Ha! He cries. <laughs> he breaks into uncontrollable laughter. I like you, Britain. You amuse me. I wish you to fight beside me in place of mighty warrior Turdicus. But I know tomorrow surely a Roman sword will see an end to a milky palm grunt like you. Perhaps it is better to let you live, knowing the sunrise in the morning will signal your final day. Come then. Join us. Let us have wine and fucking before night of great battle. Wow, this was going spectacularly wrong for me. Minutes away from losing my dangly bits I was, and now I think I may have just delayed my inevitable death, lost and alone, thousands of years in the past. But after dropping the shanks on Turdicus, I felt it was my duty to repay these guys. Above and beyond the call of duty I will go, even if it meant facing death. The slaves lived in ramshackle tents. At the centre of the camp there was a fire which they would gather, drinking large amounts of wine and groping at single-breasted women. 
It would not be long before it had the attention of one of these women. She was tall, with long straight raven hair and chocolate brown eyes. She held herself straight like a warrior. Her body was tanned and her arms and legs were muscular but still feminine. I have felt your eyes lingering, she said, as she softly slid in next to me. As I have yours, I replied. What is your name? Livia. Now why don't you lie back and relax? You covet this body, no? Yeah, but not here, I said, sensing an opportunity. If you could take the flush handle back from Tokus, you can ride in my chariot. You ask much. Yet I am keen to slide open your chariot and see what wonders are within. Make your way to it. I shall join you presently. Tokus is distracted with merriment. It will be child's play to part him from his flush handle. My heart was pounding out of my chest as I raced head down in the firelight across the field. Finally, I reached the shanks without incident. I stood there in the dark for what seemed like an eternity, thinking Livia would never come. With the sound of a sandal snap, I turned around, and there was Livia. Is this what you need? She said, offering up the flush handle. I opened up her palm, took it, and stuck it in. The shanks came alive! Show me what your chariot can do. My pussy overflows in expectation. She unzipped me like a ravenous animal and started to rub her mouth off my cock. I turned the handle a little bit forward to start the stereo and Doro pumped from the speakers. I yanked the accelerator more and revved the engine. The vibrations coursed up through the shanks. What dark magic is this? German metal, baby! I needed to invert the chronal fidula and head home back to safety. Fuck, Tuckus. Like, I was sorry about Turdicus, but I'm too young and good-looking to die here. Oh, hold on, I was being selfish. It was my fault. Spidey always said, with great power comes great responsibility. And that Shanks was great power. And I was... I... I was about to come. She's fingering my ass, and it's going to erupt straight in her mouth. My knee jerks up, and I can feel my sap rising alongside that of the rising sun. The field suddenly illuminated. And all I could see is Tuckus! Brandishing a huge sword, leading an angry slave horde charging across the field. I slipped the flush handle into reverse and pushed myself deeper into Livia as she sank tight into the bowel. This felt like it could potentially be another Tracy moment. You treacherous cunt! Screamed Livia, emerging from my oral pleasure. Tuckers will have both our heads for this, but not if I remove your balls first. Livia took out a knife and stabbed up between my legs. 
The shanks was reversing its speed, and I had not a clue what was behind me. My face being stabbed or dying horribly in a crash. So I pushed myself out of Livia and dived away from the mobile jacks, leaving the shanks spinning out of control. I hit the ground with a sickening force and rolled, and I finally came to a stop. I looked up to see the dawn once again fading down on an angry horde. But this time, it was different. It was the Roman Legion. The Shanks finally came to a stop before the Roman Legion. Livia was stuck fast in the bowl and screaming with a dagger in her hand. The Romans immediately started to launch a volley of arrows. They rained down on the Shanks. For a moment, there was silence. And then, a blinding white flash! As the Shanks suddenly exploded. When the smoke cleared, the Romans were gone. An arrow must have pierced the Cronal Fidula. I was stuck here, with no way of ever getting back. With Tuckus Pubicus, who would now surely kill me as a traitor. Peacock's Preternatural Archives, blog entry 5, cut short, back in time. So, there I lay in a field in 100 BC, injured and unable to move, as Tuckus approached me, sword in hand. The muscled ex-slave towered over me. His ripped torso was glistening in the light of the still lingering flames. By Jupiter's cock, the Romans have been annihilated by your silver chariot. Hail the Britannian, cried Tuckus. They will sing ballads about this for decades to come, he proclaimed. Give me your hand, for you are the hero of the day. Bowie was right all those years ago. We could be heroes. But just for one day. And then people were right too. But I didn't search for a hero inside me. Although God knows these Roman lads wouldn't be above putting inside anything. But yeah, it was a complete accident. I thought you were a snake crawling away on its belly. Stated Pubicus of my genuine attempt to escape. But it was all part of your master plan to draw the Roman hordes and destroy them all at once with your miraculous silver chariot. The Romans destroyed my bloody chariot and they were wiped out in the explosion. Lucky I jumped clear. Livia? She sacrificed herself by driving the chariot into the enemy. Her bravery will never be forgotten. She was the bravest whore I have ever known. I am glad I spared you like Britannia with another tactical masterstroke like that. Tomorrow, perhaps, you may live to see another sunrise. Come, return to camp with me so we may celebrate this significant victory. The party lasted long past sunset. They started passing around some sort of hallucinogenic drugs and stripped off whatever clothes they had left and started dancing around the place. Not even the horses were safe from wandering slave penis. At one point, I seen a man sodomise another man with a radish. Actually quite like some parties I've been to in the 90s. Sure only another 2,000 years before it comes around again. They all started dancing themselves into a sexual frenzy 
and shagging each other. I was accidentally splashed in the face by Spunk several times. Tucker's pubicus kindly offered me a go on his sister. But I refused, claiming Livia had me spent. After a few casks of wine had taken effect, I confessed to Tuckus of my guilt over landing my time machine on top of Turdicus, and insisted I lead us into battle as the general. It was afternoon when I awoke and my head was banging. Takas stood over me with some clothes and armour. Come! Today you will be my general as we push north to Vesuvius and engage the Romans. In the cold light of day, this did not seem as good an idea as the night before. But what could I do? I was doomed either way, so there was a good likelihood I would die this day. You know, it put a lot of things into perspective. In fact, I never felt more alive, like every second in time counted. The sun on the side of my face. The smell of the countryside. My heart racing in my chest with the fear of imminent death. And suddenly... There they were. Awesome sight. The Roman legion sent out to defeat our uprising. This was it then. Death or glory. We charged into battle. Arrows are raining down on us. The slaves were falling right, left and centre around me. Maybe it was left, right and centre, I don't know. It didn't make any difference now because I'm going to die. Everywhere I looked, people were killing or being killed. A slave stumbled in my direction, trying desperately to push his intestines back in. A severed head whizzed past me like a football. It surely wouldn't be long before it was my turn. Icy fear consumed me. I caught a Roman's eye. He charged towards me, sword behind his head. My fear disappeared. Something else took over. And time seemed to slow down. Every muscle in my body prepared to fight. Suddenly, a bolt of lightning split open the sky. All eyes turned skyward. From the clouds, a spinning blue object appeared. It was a box. It must be the, 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 the time fiddler! In what appeared to be a portaloo. It landed in the middle of the battlefield and I ran towards it. The door swung open and I could see the whites of the time fiddler's eyes inside. Quick, get in you fucking idiot! He cried. So I made a dive for it, MacGyver style, and fell into it. It felt much bigger on the inside. A chemical toilet, Time Fiddler? Really? It's the portal -o. It's the playing old rave time travelling and laughing over and over machine. Ha ha! 
And actually, it's all a good point to use as a time machine, a short notice, and come to rescue you. The time fiddler explained. He was a genius like. When the shanks came back, she was badly damaged. I had to knock something up to come and get you. If the shanks had gone back to the present, maybe. At last, I will have revenge on this limp cox liar. Olivia, coming towards me, grasping that cockstabber of hers. Before I could react. She slapped a gob on me. I understand now, Tucker. The time fiddler explained it all. Explained, Olivia. Sure I had to that. That one a day, she without salt. Reasoned the time fiddler. Sure, sure once I had inverted the coronal fidula, the shanks had miraculously snapped back to where it came from, despite the damage caused by the Roman arrows, taking Livia with it. It had caused a hell of a fireworks display, though. Don't worry, we're heading straight home now. Reassured, Livia. Go home we did. The portaloo materialised safely in the fiddler's back garden in the present day. Except... Peacocks, Preternatural Archives, Blog Entry 6, The State of Busha. Everything seemed different somehow. Something smelt wrong. And it wasn't the portaloo. I ran onto the street and found the nearest person. Where are we? I asked. Hey, you want something? He asked. Where do you think you are? We're in the state of Busher. Oh, Jesus! exclaimed the time fiddler. When the Tordicus was removed from the timeline, it's caused a ripple through history, and history's course has changed. We're home, but it's not home as we know it. I think we're in one of them in the alternative realities. Sure, I locked up those chronal vigilants for the portal out first rapid. I may have got some of the calculations wrong. You couldn't bait the shanks, though. She'd sail through time and space. Get back in and we'll take the portal out for another spin. Maybe we'll end up back in the right spot next time. But before we could get back inside the portal, some military types descended upon us. They ordered us to freeze. Freeze! But Livia made a break for the door. She got blasted! Ah! My poor brave Livia! Ah! You bastards! Who are you? You're under arrest! We are the Wolves Guard! The Wolves Guard? Where the fuck are we? The state of Busher! The Woolen Guard replied. <laughs> the state of Busher is right, with the big Bin Laden being them. Well, he's a harmless old crayer! exclaimed the fiddler. You speak ill of the sovereign state of Busher! You shall be taken straight away to the place where you can explain your insolence and the cronal distortion! We got bundled into some sort of anti gravity paddy wagon. Curse at the fuck of it! We'll never get away here now! Mound the fiddler. Myself, I was too awestruck to reply. As outside the window, it was like a scene from Metropolis. The queues of anti-gravity cars and zeppelins flying majestically through the sky. Busher's palace came into view. It was an impressive oval-shaped building like a giant baldy head. When we landed, there was a scent of tobacco and tomcat piss on the air. The Wolves Guard saluted his baseball hat as someone important-looking approach. The Wolves Guard addressed him. Prince Twinpaw, your highness, we found these two near the point of the coronal disruption. Good. My father has been expecting their arrival. Listen, said the fiddler. Sure you are out, lads, all right? We'll sit down with him and have a few jemmies, and he'll understand. Damn, we just want to get back to our portaloo. I don't think he was listening. We got frog marched to a throne room with cats crawling around everywhere. And there was Busher. <laughs> 
sitting on a weird plastic throne. A man had been brought before him with a mullet and wearing a denim jacket with metal patches on it. <gasps> Peh! Bernie, Bernie, Bernie. Do you not know? Listen to heavy metal music is outlawed in the state of Busher. Busher reached into a bowl next to his throne with stumpy fingers and nails bitten down to the quick and pulled out a handful of fizzy cowler sweets. Bernie raised a fist with a devil's horn sign. Peh! Rip off his jacket. No, 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 no! A wolves guard took a knife to the jacket and brutally ripped down to the brightly coloured Megadeth patch. Vic Rattlehead was butchered. Peh! In fact, rip all his clothes off. No, no. Make him walk to the streets naked and shamed, roared Busher. Never let me hear you listen to that music again. This is what you should be listening to. Suddenly, through the throne room, were sounds of a creature in pain. No, actually, it was Savage Garden. I knew I loved you before I met you. Peh! I have a taste of ignorance in my mouth. I need entertainment. Busher clapped his hands. And Lilo was pushed before him at laser gunpoint. He was astride a unicycle wearing a jester's hat. He juggled and told jokes. You're trapped in a room with a lion, a snake, and a Liverpool fan. What should you do? Shoot the Liverpool fan twice. <laughs> Busha was bemused. Peh, I heard that before. Peh, Lilo, you're no longer funny. Take him to the mine room and feed him to the cats. No, no. <laughs> Poor Lilo begged. We were next to be brought before Busher. He told us that our arrival had been prophesied and introduced us to Princess Carolina, who sat to his left, and the Queen Mother, Elizabeth, who sat to his right. Peh! The Mason went on a vision quest after smoking copious amounts of hash, and he foresaw travellers from the past would arrive here. The events that have led to me coming to power only happened because of you and your actions in the past. Well, I suppose you want to thank us then, said the fiddler. Okay. Ah, no, we'll be on our way. Peh, no. I cannot allow you to decide to fix the past. The state of Busher can never be changed. No, 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 begged the fiddler. We won't fix anything. We are here to serve your kingliness, Busher. Whatever, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. We will serve the throne. My throne? My throne is made out of melted down seven inch vinyl singles. I had the biggest collection of seven inch vinyl. <laughs> Far more than anyone else in the world. <laughs> So much so, I wouldn't even miss what was used to make my throne. Bit of musha, Jesus. Did he just flash his mickey at us? He did, said I. That was completely random. That guy is nuts. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Then, Busher sparks up a foul one and claps his hand. Some wolves came in with a karaoke machine. Busher starts lashing into Billy Joel's We didn't start the fire! But the history is different. Busher is in the lyrics. This was a freak show. Anyway, this was the opportunity for me and the fiddler to make a run for it. We bolted for the door of the throne room. Busher called for his pets, named Ginger and Tang. <laughs> oh, I was expecting a few moggies. But a flaming grey tiger entered from one side of the room and a black panther entered from the other. <laughs> Sorry lads, I can't let you leave. My cats want to play. That's when, out of nowhere, I heard the echoey sound of a toilet flush. Fiddler's eyes were spinning from one end of the room to the next, and they didn't know what to do. It was the portaloo, but ow! The door opened and a man appeared. 
Sorry, son. I've watched you turn into a spoiled little bastard. Who was Busher's father? Pay, Daddy, no! Spat Busher. What are you waiting for? You're in, lads. And we didn't need a second invitation from Busher's owl, lad. We were up there like rats up a drain pipe. The wolves were chasing us, and his father jumped down onto the oncoming wolves. We'll take care of these. You go and fix it. Busher's father ordered us. It was clear now to me what must be done. I ordered Fiddler to take us back to the Roman times. Are you taking me home? It was my Livia. I was so glad to see her alive, but I did not understand how it was possible. She explained to me the laser had only stunned her and left her unconscious. The reason we were going back in time was to arrive a minute before Turdicus was crushed by the Shanks. We could save him, and history could take its intended course. The portaloo span off in an awful racket. Touching down moments later in ancient Rome. Livia volunteered to get out and shove him out of the way of our silver chariot. Ha! <coughs> My brave warrior succeeded and Turdicus lived. But we both knew this would not be it. You must lead me back to the exact point after which I left. She told me. But I already knew. This is goodbye for us. We embraced tenderly. Come on, you good thing. Stop her, the Mickey. I know I did. I swear I won't look. Yelled the fiddler. You did what? But I didn't have time to care. All I felt was her warm, moist lips of mine and the faint whiff of urine. The door opened behind us. I'll never forget you, Britannia. She whispered. And then she was gone. That feeling in the gut was the same one I had each time Crystal Palace were relegated. Did she even slip her the finger? Asked the fiddler. Oh, so you did? Sure, Musha. She was fierce hairy. Barely needed a map. That there was no razors near the box in them days. Well, give her the holly one last time and take us home. We materialised in a field outside town. It was the safest place as the portaloo had been pushed to the limit and she could blow at any second. Come on, let's make a run out of the field ten seconds faster than the bull. The lights of the village twinkled before us and behind us a sound like a clap of thunder as the time machine imploded. It was gone. We looked at each other, shook hands, nodded and parted ways. As I headed up home with thoughts of slipping into my onesie, I nearly didn't notice a geezer in a white baseball cap past me. I'll greet him with a... How are you doing? He looks up at me with a gaunt bearded face. Pah! He spits back and storms off. I could be mistaken, but... Ah, the state of Busher never changes. Peacock's Preternatural Archives. Epilogue. Case closed? Back to the quiet life for me. He was much too dangerous looking for the answers to unexplained mysteries and gallivanting through time. I thought back to how I felt facing certain death on the battlefield, nearly drowning twice in my search for UFOs in the lost city of Atlantis. It was time to retire behind the safety of a keyboard. Monday morning, I open up Fartronics, wipe down the counter and pin on my name badge. 
the bell rings. I sigh and say, Hello, my name is Tucker Peacock. I am your customer support technician. How can I help you? Hello. I'm looking for a new flush handle. Livia? Is that... Time Fiddler starred Tucker Peacock, Busher, Tracy Cox, Poseidon, the King of Atlantis, Namorita, Smiler, Tuckus Pubicus, Flatulus, Livia Comulus, Twinpool, The Walls Guard, Bernie, Null, and special guest star, Mrs. Gupta. Copyright A&M. 2017? What's a hot spot, not? <laughs> I'm bored, said Tracy, and started stroking my balls. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first inkling that something's not going to be normal about all this. <laughs> Atlantis can supply you with whatever you desire. <laughs> He's reading the menu to him. <laughs> and I was flung into the into a boudoir. No, a boudoir. <laughs> a fucking boudoir. You were saying in English fucking accent. Boudoir. Yeah. <coughs> boudoir. Boudoir. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that was you. Sorry. It's, it's you next. Sorry. You're mine. My mistake. Sorry. Mark. I agree, name Marita. It's enough. <laughs> he got some blogs this time. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, name Marita. It's enough that I know Atlantis exists. No, say it again. Stop faking. <laughs> I could be a voice actor. I'd have better equipment. I'd probably have a little thing here you to sit my script on. Somebody massaging my penis. I agree, name Marita. It's enough that only I know Atlantis exists. I promise it won't go on my website. <laughs> <laughs> I'll read it again, fuck it. You want me to go up there into the water? I was slightly perplexed. Water. Hungry for information on conspiracies and it's... Yeah, go on, go on. Hey, 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 I was kind of a bit scouse there, lad. Talk stiff. Huh? Come on now. And once again became Tucker Peacock. <laughs> <coughs> After the long trip, I was feeling a bit hungry and a bit horny. You could have shagged a fiddler. <laughs> I have invented a time toilet. No, he hasn't. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, ignorant lad. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a mobile phone, Enrique. <laughs> Here's a Nokia 5210. I've reconfigured it to communicate through the wormhole. Do it again, do it again. 6210. Here's a Nokia 6210 I've configured. But it was not ordinary cinema. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Jeez, I used to fucking hell, lad. I still think I'm in the 20th century. Me too. I have to remind myself it's the 21st. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 16 years old. As Fiddler told me, he needed to recalibrate. <laughs> what Mazda? Uh, what Mazda is this? It's not a Mazda. It's not a Ford either. It's not a roll anymore. <coughs> it's the Shanks. But after dropping the Shanks on egg on Bastard Turticus, <laughs> <laughs> if you can take the flush handle back from the suckers <laughs> before I fuck you, can you get the flush handle for me, please? <laughs> If you can take the flush handle back from... <laughs> sorry, sorry. 
I shall join you pleasantly. It'll be pleasant to say, but it'll also be presently. She unzipped me like a ravenous animal and started to rub her cock. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's all good. 2,000 years ago, very liberal. (laughs) She unzipped me. She unzipped me like a ravenous animal and started to rub her cock. Like, why do I fucking keep saying it? Next Saturday at half past five, join us with the complete misadventures of Tucker part two. Next week on the BBC. Next up, Bruce Forsyth and the Generation Gang. On BBC Drama, next Saturday, episode three of the misadventures of Tucker's Peacock. Now, The Archers. <laughs> I love being Tucker's. <laughs> so masterful. Walk around like a muscly arsenal. <laughs> Big Glutus Maximus. <laughs> Like Bruce Dickinson. Wait, I was about to say piloted by Bruce Dickinson. This vision of the future. Empire of the skies. Listen, I think I might move my eyes a little bit fiddler back. <laughs> Fiddler's eyes were sprinting from <laughs> That's the power of love. So that's the one you want to say. <laughs> no. <laughs>